Well, good morning. It is and has been a real joy. Uh, Martin's been talking to me about you for a long time, ever since he was here the first time. And uh, now it's been my privilege to be among you and to just sense the good work that the Lord is doing in your midst. Uh, as I've been here the last couple of days, I, I, just, I just have a strong sense that God's been preparing you in lots of different ways as a congregation, in your leadership, and your life together. But uh, uh, I just want to tell you, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, and uh, surely the, the best is yet to come. <laughs> uh, I want to talk to you this morning based on the, the, the scripture that was read for us a, a, a while ago on overcoming Jericho walls. Overcoming Jericho walls. Uh, Jer Joshua is, 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 is staring at these walls of Jericho, these imposing, impenetrable, towering walls, and trust me, if there was a fortified city, there was none quite like this one, armed with all the sophisticated weaponry of that day. And the Scripture says that Joshua, that the Jericho was shut up it was shut up. It, it, in other words, it was in lockdown because they were expecting the Israelites who had made their way across the Jordan River to attack at any time. So Jericho, this impregnable city, more than any other obstacle, was standing between Joshua and the people of God, preventing them from taking over and occupying the land that God had promised to them. And this was like a gateway city to the promised land. If they could take Jericho, the rest was sure to follow. I wonder, uh, though, in your life right now, I wonder, wh what is the equivalent of Jericho in your life today? What's keeping you, what's keeping you right now from your promised land? We all have them, don't we? You know, imposing obstacles that stand in the way. Yours may relate to your finances, or your job, or your children, or your family, or perhaps your health, or your relationships, or maybe you're just kind of going through a sort of a transition time in your life right now, or Maybe there have just been some unforeseen circumstances that, that have come your way recently, but, but we all have them, don't we? Hey, turn to your neighbor right now, uh, will you, and say, we all have our Jerichos. <laughs> well, Joshua, as the old African-American spiritual says, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. They, they certainly did, didn't they? And the Bible says they fell down flat, as, as flat as a pancake, as flat as a tortilla. <laughs> and Joshua seems to make this whole thing look easy, doesn't he? 
But how did it happen anyway? And what did he do to win this battle? Well, you say, I, I know the answer to that. They, they, the scripture says, you know, they, they marched around the city for seven days, one time a day for seven days, and then on the seventh day they did it seven times, and then they blew the trumpets, and then they finally shouted, and when they shouted, the walls came tumbling down. But actually, there's, there's more to it than that. There's more to it than that. Something had to happen to Joshua first before Joshua could tell them what to do. God had to work on Joshua first. And it's really that part of the story that I want to focus on with you this morning because I think it is so relevant and pertinent to the Jericho walls that we face in our lives. So the scripture says, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing before him with a drawn sword in his hand. The first thing that Joshua does is that he looks up. He looks up. And I want you to particularly notice where Joshua was when he looked up. It says he was near Jericho. That, that means, you know, it, was, it wasn't way off, far off in the, on the horizon, in the distance, but it, it was right there, right there in his face. He couldn't get away from it, day in and day out. There it was Jericho. And yet he looked up. He looked up. Don't, don't miss that, folks. Don't miss that, because I suspect your Jericho is like that too. You can't get away from it. It's there. It gets your attention. It's in your face. And as they say, Whatever gets your attention has a way of getting you, and it has a way of consuming you. And the more you think about it and focus on it, the bigger it seems to get, and the more overwhelming it gets, and the more it weighs you down, and the more it keeps you of thinking about anything else. Maybe you came to this service this morning thinking about it. It gets your attention, doesn't it? But notice, the Scripture says, Joshua looked up and saw. And in order to do that, he had to turn his attention away from Jericho. That was the first thing he did. And I wonder if, if that's what you need to do this morning, right now. You know, your eyes are so fixed on your Jericho that you're, you're sort of like someone walking along, along looking at their smartphone, you know. They've got their eyes fixed on it. They've got their eyes so glued on it that they're not looking at anything else, oblivious to everything else around them. So turn away from it right now. Look up and see. Let me just say that uh, one of the reasons that I come to worship services on Sunday and that I read the Bible every day 
and that I spend time in prayer every day, and that actually I meet with three other Christians, three men every week to fellowship and pray together, and that I take, I try to practice Sabbath and take time for rest and things like that. When you boil it all down, all these things help me to look up. They help me to look up. We need to look up, don't we? Turn away from your Jericho and look up. Hey, would you turn to your neighbor right now and say, I need to look up. Well, you know, Joshua looked up and it says he saw a man standing before him with a drawn sword in his hand. Now, who, who was this man anyway? We're, we're not told his name. We're, we're, we're just told he had a drawn sword in his hand. That, mean, that means he was armed. He had a sword, and, and he was ready for battle. I mean, it wasn't in the sheath. It was a drawn sword. This was certainly no concealed weapon, was it? He was armed and dangerous. I mean, Joshua just looking at him could figure out that much. But who exactly was he anyway? Well, Old Testament scholars, uh, they, they, they discuss this quite a bit in the commentaries. And uh, uh, the angel of the Lord... You ever notice that in the Old Testament that occasionally shows up to people? It's kind of like a visible manifestation of the Lord God. Joshua could see this with his natural eyes, the angel of the Lord. But who exactly was he anyway? Well, you know, as Christians, we, we read the Bible backwards, and we read the Old Testament in the light of the New Testament. And so for over 2,000 years now, Christian Bible commentators and theologians and have suggested that actually what we may actually have here is an appearance of Christ to Joshua. I mean, as the Son, as the second person of the Trinity, he existed from all eternity, didn't he? And so, even though he had not yet become flesh and blood and dwelt among us, that's going to come later, couldn't he appear to someone like this? You remember that story of the three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Who, who was that fourth guy in the fire anyway? Well, theologians, they, they have a fancy word for this. Instead of calling it a theophany, they call it a Christophany, an appearance of the pre-existent Jesus to someone. Well, uh, Joshua saw this man standing before him. He didn't know who it was, but he just knew this guy was ready to fight, ready for battle, and since he knew he had a battle to fight, and he knew he needed all the help he could get. He just really wanted to know one thing. Whose side was this guy on? Is he on 
our side or is he on their side? Or, or as we might say in Kentucky, are you for us or are you against us? But when Joshua asks him, Joshua doesn't get the answer he was looking for or hoping for or expecting. Instead, he gets a kind of firm, uncomfortable pushback that just sort of stops him in his tracks. No. Are you for us or are you against? No. (laughs) But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. In other words, Joshua, you wanted to know if I was on your side or their side, and you were hoping I'd say I was on your side because you know you've got enough sense to know you need help. You're out of your depth, man. You're in over your head, and you've got this Jericho problem facing you, and you were thinking that if I was on your side, that since you're the commander of Israel's army, then you could tell me to get in line, and then you could give me an order uh, and you could get me to help you with the problem you've got, and you could, we could make this Jericho thing go away, and then we could all go home and live happily ever after. But no. That's not what I've come to do, Joshua. I haven't come here to take sides. I've come here to take over. Forget about whose side I'm on. The real question, Joshua, is whose side are you on? I haven't come to put myself at your disposal so you can get me to do what you want, accomplish your agenda. No, I'm here to accomplish my agenda, Joshua. I want to put you at my disposal. Guess what, Joshua? You're not in charge here anymore. I am. As commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And well, I tell you, that Joshua, that's that answer just stops old Joshua dead in his tracks. I mean, he realizes he's asked the wrong question. Are you for us or are you against? He So what about you? Have you been asking the wrong question? Have you been asking the Lord God to fight for you, you know, to help you with your Jericho? Jesus, you need to fix this for me. You you need to make this Jericho thing go away, and here's what I'd like you to do. We all do that with Jesus, don't we? We try to use him to get what we want. And we end up in effect, treating Jesus like a, a, a kind of a pharmacist that we go to who fills our prescriptions when we've got aches and pains, or, or an interior decorator when we need a home makeover. Jesus stands before us this morning, and he says, no, that's not why I've come. Not so you can tell me what to do, but so I can tell you what to do. As commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Can I repeat that? I believe he's saying that to some of us here as individuals. He's also saying that to you as a congregation, as commander of the army of the Lord. I have now come. 
well, how does Joshua respond to this sort of jarring answer, the abrupt answer that he got? Uh, listen to what the Scripture says. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped, and he said to him, what do you command your servant, my Lord? Joshua fell on his face. He surrendered, and his question changed from, are you here to help me, to what can I do to help you? Joshua fell on his face. Do you need to fall on your face this morning? You've been praying, Jesus, help me solve this problem, fix this, resolve it, and, and here's the way I'd really kind of like you to do it. You need to say, today, Lord, I'm changing my prayer. Forgive me. Take my Jericho. You fix it. You resolve it as you see fit. Lord, use me to accomplish what you want to accomplish. I wonder, do you need to stop telling God what you want and start asking God what God wants? Joshua fell on his face. You see, before the walls of Jericho could fall down, Joshua had to fall down. Do you need to fall on your face to surrender, to start praying the Lord's Prayer and really mean it? You know that part about thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hey, turn to your neighbor and say, I need to fall on my face. In the presence of the man with the drawn sword, Joshua fell on his face. But uh, notice what he does next. The commander of the army of the Lord says, said to Joshua, remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Huh, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? For first, Joshua looks up, then he falls down, then he takes his shoes off. That's interesting, and probably not exactly what Joshua expected. I mean, he's just said, what do you command your servant, my Lord? In other words, I'll do what you ask. You're the commander of the army now. Just tell me what I'm supposed to do. You're the commander-in-chief now. And you know, if you're a military man like Joshua was, and you know there's going to be a battle to fight, you, you're probably being expe expecting to be given an order 
to carry out that has something to do with preparing for battle, but instead of being told to get his boots on and put the troops on alert, the first order that Joshua gets is, soldier, take off your boots. Place your standing is holy. That's odd. The commander of the army of the Lord calls Joshua to worship first, not to war. Before you attack Joshua, you need to adore. You need to adore. He calls him to stand and wait in the presence of God. Slow down, Joshua. Take your shoes off. I'm here. Be still and know that I am God. Jericho can wait. And you know, folks, this is always the order in spiritual battle that first we ascend into worship and then we descend into war. Why is that? I'll tell you why. Because worship, fixing our eyes upon Him, worship causes our God to get bigger. No, no, not, not literally, <laughs> but bigger in our eyes. When we worship Him, we begin to see Him really for who He always was and is and is to come. And we're, we're captured by His overwhelming beauty and His loveliness and His power and His goodness and His strength and His justice and His love. And you know what happens when we do that? when we've been in His presence and when we've gotten a, a, a fresh glimpse of who He is, then instead of complaining, telling God, you know, how big our problems are, we start proclaiming, we start telling our problems how big our God is. Hey, say to your neighbor, Jericho can wait. I need, I need to take off my shoes. Oh, oh, he's here this morning, folks. The risen and reigning Lord Jesus, the man with the sword in his hand, standing by your Jericho, my Jericho, your church's Jericho. And he's saying to us, look up. Take your eyes off your Jericho and look to me. Fall down. Fall on your face. Don't tell me what I need to do for you. Ask me what you can do for me. And finally, take off your shoes. Worship me. Adore me. Be still and know that I am God. As we 
come to the table this morning and we partake of his body and blood. I believe we're going to meet the risen, reigning Lord Jesus, the man with the sword in his hand. And all God's people said, amen and amen.